0: Welcome everyone to FF Plus, your spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, recommendations, and discussion. I'm your host, Aaron White, and this week I'm bringing you two new reviews of releases that are perfect for Valentine's Day and one home video review of a film that is very much not the perfect Valentine's Day movie. Unless you consider the fact that one of the characters has the word Valentine in her name. Here on FF Plus, the format is always very straightforward. I cover what I liked, what I didn't like, and then I give you a recommendation about whether I think a film is worth your time and money. That's it. Simple, short, and spoiler free. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, the best place to do that is probably on Twitter. You can find me at FeelinFilm or in the FeelinFilm Facebook discussion group where I'm busy chatting with other cinephiles and movie lovers all day long, every day. There's links to all of those things in the show notes. And we'd love to have you come be a part of that. First up for this show is I Want You Back, coming to us from Amazon Studios. It stars Charlie Day, Jenny Slate, Gina Rodriguez, Scott Eastwood, Manny Jacinto, and Clark Bacco. It is directed by Jason Orley and written by Isaac Aptekar and Elizabeth Berger. What's it about? Peta and Emma are two 30-somethings who have each been left by their respective partners. Unwilling to admit that their relationships are over and fearing that they will be forever alone, the two decide to team up to win their exes back by destroying their new relationships. So, this premise had me right away. It's something that I think is very relatable, and this is a like for this film as well. Something that I think so many of us probably have either tried to do at one point by breaking up uh, an ex in their new relationship or have at least maybe fantasized about or wished that we could do. This movie does a very good job of capturing that feeling of being completely miserable when you lost this relationship and you don't know what to do because your life was kind of defined by it in a lot of ways. And I enjoyed the opening moments of this and how we get to kind of see both of these characters Going through that grieving process, and honestly, they're pretty whiny and they cry a lot. They're very miserable for a good long while, and I just felt that that was really accurate because I can relate to dealing with that experience very poorly. And I, I liked seeing it play out here in a you know somewhat of a comedic way. Of course, it is a rom com. I really like the modernity of this film being set in present day, they do things like stalk their partner's Instagram accounts to see what they're up to and such. I feel like that's another very relatable thing that we do in our current day relationships is we try to figure out what's going on on someone's social media. And we try to sabotage that in any way we can. We we harm ourselves in a lot of ways, our own mental health by trying to keep up with our exes and find out what they're doing. And of course. When you see your ex move on on social media, you see them have someone else in their life. It just kind of exaggerates the pain that you're already feeling and the heartache that you have. Scott Eastwood is a lot of fun in this movie. I think that he does a great job in this rom-com role. He plays a trainer who is the new romantic interest of Charlie Day's ex. And so Charlie Day strikes up a relationship with Scott Eastwood and it's just they are one of the best pairings in the whole movie. Every time they're on screen together, it's hilarious. They have a great chemistry between them. It's super funny. And I think that it's nice to be able to see somebody like Scott Eastwood break out and do something a little bit different. You know, he's he's skewed toward action movies and you could really ca- get some of the charisma that he has from his brief performances in the Fast and the Furious series actually when he stood in essentially for Paul Walker's character and it's like that but spread out over the course of an entire 2-hour rom-com story the other relationship that's really good to see is Charlie Day and Jenny Slate i had high expectations for this going in because of the two of them i like them both and i thought that they just seemed like they'd be a good pairing and they definitely are i think that they have good chemistry and are always a joy to watch they play off of each other very well there's one big memorable moment in this and that is jenny slate with a musical number from little shop of horrors i won't tell you the context for how she gets to be singing it or performing it rather but it's pretty funny and it's it's neat to see that go down and there's also something in this where at the end of course i think this isn't really a spoiler you should know this is a very tropey movie right it goes by its formula all of these people are going to end up coming together in some way life is going to put them in the room and they're going to have to deal with acknowledging what has been happening and the existence of each other in each, in their own lives or whatever And when that happens, I really liked the way it was handled in this film. It was adorably awkward, is the way I would put it, and appropriate, I think, for a scene that is kind of this bubbling over, kind of finally happening. I also really liked that throughout the film, they learn about their life as a whole, and it's not always just the romance. So they do have some lessons in here that talk about settling in more aspects of life than just your relationship and some positive stuff i would say or positive stuff to say rather about maybe how we should approach the things that we really want to get out of our lives and where relationships fit into that dislikes look there's nothing new there is no cool twist to this It plays out almost exactly like every other movie does. You know what's going to happen from the very start. It's a sweet journey, but it is 100% predictable. I think that outside of maybe that Jenny Slate musical number, there's not a single thing I will really remember about this movie. It's very disposable and forgettable. So it's a fine watch, but it's going to be in and out of your mind instantaneously. I will think, yeah... Think back on it and go, that was cute, and that's it. I also don't particularly like when they use what I believe are some pretty unrealistic situations to get their comedy. Things like non-drug users trying drugs for the first time, threesomes, and a party with (laughs) underage kids. These are things that your average 30-something are not going to actually be in this situation. These are not things that they would do. And so it's kind of a little bit off in that way. It feels like it's trying to be a little more edgy than realistic. And it was very realistic outside of that. And I wish it would have just kind of stayed the course, to be honest. And, and then lastly, it just feels way too stretched out for me at two hours long. I did feel the length and I was like, all right, are we ever going to wrap this up? Are you guys ever going to finally get to the point where you like each other and we just call it a day? So I did want it to end before it got there. And that's never a great feeling. The film will be available streaming on Amazon Prime Video on February the 11th. Am I feeling it? I would say mostly yes, I am. I liked it overall and I think that it is a really good choice for an at-home Valentine's date night kind of movie. It's cute, you're gonna laugh, you're gonna have a good time with it, and it's totally fine that you'll forget it the next day. I would never recommend you go to a theater for this, so I think it's the perfect kind of movie to be coming out on Amazon straight for a home release. Next up, we have rom com number two for this episode, Marry Me from Universal Pictures. This stars Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, John Bradley, and Sarah Silverman. It is directed by Kat Coiro, written by John Rogers, Tammy Sager, and Harper Dill, and is based on a graphic novel of the same name by Bobby Crosby. What's it about? After learning that her onstage partner has been having an affair behind her back, Kat Valdez, a sensational Latin pop star, chooses to marry a stranger, Charlie Gilbert, holding a marry me sign by accident at her live concert. Okay, I saw this premise, and I rolled my eyes, and I thought to myself, wow, Jennifer Lopez and Maluma, who is another Latin artist, who's an actual singer, not necessarily an actor, Owen Wilson, this is going to be ridiculous. And I was not wrong. I actually went into it sort of with an expectation that I would just be making fun of it, And yet, everybody, I came out of this and I absolutely love it. I adore it. I don't care what you say about me. I don't care if you don't like it. It's a movie that I'm going to kind of cherish, I think, for the rest of this year and maybe rewatch a lot. And many people are going to just be like, wow, that's terrible. But I'll tell you what I like about it. So the premise, yes, utterly ridiculous and yet also kind of totally believable all at the same time. This guy, he holds up the sign, she finds out she was cheated on, and she's like, I'm just going to marry you. We we want to say that that would never happen, but in our world of instant celebrity, in our world of everything being live-streamed, which this movie captures very well, it's this idea of Kat, who's this pop star. She's got millions of online followers, and she literally has people following her around with, a cell phone videotaping and doing live feeds all the time. That's her world. And she's kind of mashing into this Owen Wilson character's world where he's a math teacher and he runs the after school math club called the Pythons, which is a really cool name, by the way. And he doesn't use social media and he has a flip phone. And so it's. A totally crazy idea that they would ever have anything in common. But that's what makes these movies interesting. And I don't think it has anything to do with us as viewers wanting to believe that we would have a chance with a gorgeous, famous pop star as just an everyman. I think you've got to distill it down and think about it in terms of reality, which is just because someone doesn't look on paper like they're going to be a perfect match for you, you just never know. And you get out there and you start spending time together and you might have a lot of stuff in common. And even if you don't have like hobbies in common, you might find that you fall for this person as you learn about them. And so it's got that really pleasant plot. And I enjoyed the heck out of how it was delivered to us. As a lot of modern day films do, including the one I just talked about, I Want You Back. This uses graphics on the screen to so, show us the use of social media like live streaming instagram etc and i think that they fit perfectly well there's some aspects of it when it's just following cat and her performances and her team is all around her and it's very flashy and glossy and it, it gives you the kind of vibe as if you were part of the paparazzi and it's a little uncomfortable as it should the movie has John Bradley in it. I'm here for the John Bradley film takeover in February. He was the best part of Roland Emmerich's Moonfall last week, and now he is a great part of Marry Me as well. He plays Cat's manager, and he's very protective of her. Really, really like him. He's a wholesome guy in this movie. He's funny. I think he could have a great career in Hollywood, and I hope that we don't ruin him. By putting him in in stupid vulgar comedies. Just leave him where he's at. He's doing a great job. Speaking of vulgar, you know me. I'm not a huge fan of kind of raunchy stuff. This movie has none of it. It doesn't even jump to sex scenes overnight. It is a slow burn of a relationship. And it works out in a way that I think feels very natural. And is wholesome. And is sweet. The character that owen wilson plays charlie he's a single dad i think he's divorced and so he has his daughter that is important to him as well and so that plays into the relationship and how these two get to know each other these they're both genuinely good people cat and charlie they just live very different lives but they aren't saddled with this unnecessary drama of a bunch of dark secrets to overcome like he's not going to discover that she's a secret alcoholic or she has this drug addiction that no one ever knew about like no they they have very n- realistic feeling problems and i like that a lot the songs are great there aren't a lot of them but it has really good pop music as it should featuring jennifer lopez and maluma they both have great voices i loved them a lot. I've already been listening to the soundtrack on repeat. You can find it on Spotify, Pandora, and I'm sure pretty much everywhere else on streaming services or go purchase it. There's a song called On My Way that I think could very well be up for an Oscar nom in 2023. Yeah, next year. And then Marry Me, the title song is a total earworm that is a bop. So I loved the music They also mean something, the lyrics of these songs. I'm a big fan of like using song lyrics to kind of say what I feel to someone else. Like, you know, you send somebody a song and it's just understood that they need to take it as if it was you relaying those words to them. And these are the perfect kind of songs to do that with the way that they're written. So that was pleasant for me. The movie also has other great messages, not only just about how to treat each other and how to be open to like meeting each other, but to love yourself, and how important it is to love yourself before you're able to love someone else. That is awesome, and I thought it was great when it starts to go that direction. It is cheesy, it is predictable, but the chemistry, the charm, the heart, they're all like a hundred percent in the right place the whole way through this movie. I laughed, I cried, I smiled really hard. And it made me want to be back in love. And I think that that's what I desire out of a rom-com. Like This is a throwback to kind of the early 90s or mid-90s, early 2000s, I would say. It also has a great credits scene where some folks pop up and talk about their relationships. So I highly recommend you watch them. On the dislike side, not a lot. I I guess (laughs) I really don't have a lot to say. One thing I will note is that J-Lo and especially Wilson are both starting to show some age. J-Lo covers it well, but Owen Wilson, you can tell he's in his early 50s. starting to get kind of wrinkly and and definitely does not look like he's a young buck or a spring chicken anymore. But it fits this fine. I mean, they are a believable couple age-wise, while... Maluma is actually 28, like half the age of J-Lo, and yet it's funny because you can see them on the screen here, and you almost, it does look like she's a little bit older than him. Anyway, just something I noticed, not really a dislike. I don't have any. I thought this was great. It's not anything that's going to blow the world away, but again, it's going to be that movie that is just a comfort movie for people, and it will be for me, and I can't wait to watch it again. This is going to be in theaters and streaming simultaneously on Peacock beginning on February the 11th. Am I feeling it? Yes. This is the movie. This is it. February 14th. You want to take your date out and go see a movie. You want to get to a theater for that? It's this one. You want to watch it at home? It's this one. If it comes down to recommending one or the other, marry me or I want you back. It is by far, marry me. So I hope that this does great business, and I hope that everybody gets a chance to see it, whether it's on Peacock or in a theater, but I think it'd be a great experience either way. I just can't wait to see it again. And last but not least, we have a very different kind of film, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City from Sony Pictures. This video game adaptation stars Kaya Scodelario, Hannah John Kamen, Robbie Amell, Tom Hopper, Yvonne Jogia, Donal Logue, and neil McDonough. it is directed by johannes roberts and is written by johannes roberts what's it about raccoon city which was once a booming home of pharmaceutical giant umbrella corporation is now a dying midwestern town the company's exodus left the city a wasteland with great evil brewing below the surface when that evil is unleashed a group of survivors must work together to uncover the truth behind umbrella and make it through the night dun 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 okay So, this is a new Resident Evil film that does set itself up for sequels. This is not part of the Paul W. S. Anderson Resident Evil run that featured his wife, Mila Jovovich, in the starring role and very much diverged from the storyline of the games into its own kind of interpretation. What this is, is not really a good movie. And I would say it's not a good movie, and I would put that in quotes. Some of the CGI is pretty laughable. And I'm just going to kind of like throw all my likes and dislikes out at once here. The acting is sometimes silly and sometimes atrocious. And I actually don't blame the actors, but I think that there's such a lack of character development for them that they never get a chance to really fall into a, a role because there's quite a few of them. It moves pretty fast. They're dealing with action sequences and horror sequences we just don't get enough of who they are as individual people in a way that lets their acting feel, but I don't know, it's, it's just, it just comes across pretty dumb at times. There's too much plot, okay, being crammed into barely over an hour and a half. It gets pretty messy, and it's, the reason is because it's trying to adapt two video games into one. The story of Resident Evil 1 and the story of Resident Evil 2. It takes the characters from both of those films and it puts them together into a situation where they kind of have to deal with the horrors of those in a unique way, where it's a little bit out of order, mostly still works. I liked it though. That's the thing. I thought the movie was still enjoyable. The horror sequences, they're kind of brief to be honest, but they're pretty terrifying. And a couple of the bigger bad guy designs really were just appropriately sick and gross and exactly what you would see in a Resident Evil video game but you know beefed up for the big screen. Some of that CGI of the actual monsters themselves is outstanding. It's like all of the explosions and stuff around it that gets pretty bad. There's also a lot of references to the video games and there are some moments from the games and and scenes that are just completely recaptured beat for beat and i thought that that was a lot of fun i appreciated the attempt to adapt the material in a much sh- more straightforward fashion i love the paul ws anderson series for what it is and i like most of those films more than this one but i think that this is cool and has its place as well. There's also a mid-credits scene, which was exactly what I expected. I loved it, and it sets it up for a sequel that I would watch. So I hope that they are able to continue with this series. That probably is going to largely depend on how well this film is received at home, which is what we're talking about right now, because it is available for its home video release. And it also has three special features I wanted to talk to you about. So the first one is called Replicating the DNA. It's 11 minutes long. It's all about the Easter eggs and how the filmmaking team approached adapting the two games, Resident Evil 1 and 2, into a single movie, while also trying to give it some of their own unique flair. It's got lots of comparison shots between the games and the movie, which I really loved. And then it's got some character profiles as well. It's the best of the three, by far, I think. Little featurettes. The second one is Cops, Corpses, and Chaos. This is eight minutes long. It's more character profile stuff. It's got uh, highlights between the cast, kind of showcases some of the chemistry that they had. They were all friends. It talks about the horror aspects of the movie and also some of the action and the stunts. There's not a lot of time spent on any one thing, obviously, because it's only eight minutes long. It's fun. It's cool, but it's very brief. Lastly, there's one called Zombies, Liquors, and the Horrors of Resident Evil. This is only a five minute featurette. You blink and it's over, but it does tell you some and show you some things about the kind of makeup they used and the way that the zombie creations came into being and just how they designed the various monsters in the film. I would have loved to have seen this a lot more fleshed out. I mean, I, I, could have, I love special features and behind the scenes stuff, so I could have watched a lot more of what we got, but as it is, it's 11 plus 8 plus 5. So we're talking like 24 total minutes of special features. Not the greatest, but at least there's something there, right? The film is available on Video On Demand right now. It's also available on 4K, Ultra, and Blu-ray and DVD. Am I feeling it? Yes. I think it is worth your time for a rental. I think if you're a Resident Evil games and movies fan previously, You could probably blind buy this one and be happy with that. Again, it's a B-movie. So there's a lot about it that's quote bad, but also quote enjoyable. So there you have it. Well, that's it for this week on FF Plus. One more plug for social media. The links are in the show notes. Also a plug for reviewing the show. If you're listening to us and you're enjoying it, please go on Apple Podcasts and click that five stars. Maybe even drop some kind words. You can do that on Spotify and other platforms as well, but it really does help bump us up in the algorithm and help other people feel more encouraged and confident in checking out the show. Hopefully, we've given you some information that you need to make a decision on one of these films. If you do see one, let me know what you thought. That's always my favorite thing to do is talk to all the listeners about the the movies that they see. I'd like to know where you agree with me, where you disagree. I'll be back soon. Until then, keep watching and keep feeling though.